There's no motorsport on TV So you're really down on your luck But Martin, Pete and Mike will talk about what they like And not really give a further thought to what the listeners think Hello and welcome to the Caution Period Podcast I'm Mike and I'm joined by Martin and Pete Say hello guys Hello (laughs) Hello (laughs) You're so good at this. Um, the first thing uh, I think we should mention this uh, week is that we've got a theme tune now, uh, thanks to Alex Edwards, who's very bored in Dubai and has a piano and decided to write us a theme tune. And talent. So, he has talent too. Which yeah, I he think does the have rest talent of us are well. missing. So it's, <laughs> it's quite... Martin's, got, Martin's got some guitars. Martin can yeah, maybe do guitars, a guitar accompaniment. They're two very separate things. <laughs> Um, but yes, thank you so much to Alex uh, for writing a little ditty for our, our podcast. We're very, very honoured to have his musical talent on the on the show. And um, the first time I played it to Haji, she did an audible gasp when she thought it, when she thought it was going in a different direction towards the end. <laughs> well, the, the, the um, thing is, if we have a, a theme song now, does that mean that next thing is sponsors? Presumably, yeah, that's it right, does. Yeah. Yeah. If you would like to sponsor our podcast. Uh, uh, Hilltread Sox. Hilltread I could definitely go for a, a supply of Hilltread Sox. The position, um, the position of that beer, as you said, that was perfect. You had the logo just in, just in there, just in yeah. the spot. <laughs> nice. For, for those listening on the podcast, that's a Brewdog yeah. Punk IPA. Uh, punk IPA, yes. Which is the the beer I was able to get delivered uh, this week. Cur- courtesy of. Um, Ocado. Oh, okay. <laughs> managed, to get, managed to get an Ocado slot. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yes, this is all. Um, yeah, this is all uh, an aside because we have some motorsport news to chat about. I think, don't we? Yes. Um, first of all, uh, today, uh, as we record this, uh, they were talking about running Silverstone backwards so that they can have <laughs> multiple Silverstone races if this season ever gets underway. I think this is a terrible idea because they're not license to run it backwards and the entire circuit is presumably set up for accidents to happen in one particular direction and so i do not want to see a car bisected by the pit wall uh as they're coming around the wrong way around um the first corner which would be the last corner if that makes sense well i think there there are other tracks that are better suited for doing multiple races on like we know paul ricard they could just basically put some gates down right yeah but then <laughs> you'd have two races at paul ricard pete <laughs> which would be a terrible idea <laughs> they've, got the, they've got the national circuit like the club circuit and they've even got the tiny little circuit inside as well they can just run all of them at once or they could bring back bridge corner finally wait actually get like, Get no. rid of the hot dog stands and do bridge corner layout. I the but no, I'm going back to Paul Rico. The best idea because for social <laughs> distancing, no one can or would want to go to the track. That's a good point. <laughs> so, That's a very good point. So there's no issue there. And, and the got, cars are also really apart. The cars are always at least two meters apart from each other at any point. That's right. <laughs> exactly. And the run, the runoff is so massive that none of the drivers are anywhere near the one person who showed up to see it. Yeah. This is perfect. They could run it Paul now. Ricard is the perfect yeah. social distancing Grand Prix. Um, cool. Well, well, we, another we thought that. would be the they could uh, they could uh, use Hockenheim and give the drivers lawnmowers and they could fix send the them track out into the woods and they could go on the, the back circuit. Yeah. yeah. 
reclaim I'm it. I'm so sad they got rid of the, the old the old circuit at Hockenheim. It was so much fun. I think we've complained about this on a previous episode, probably, or at least within between us, ourselves. But such a shame that Hockenheim old circuit doesn't exist for historic racing and and stuff like that. I they just I seem let it to get remember, but like I think it was I can't remember where I was listening to this before, but like. They were saying that everyone has like these rose tinted glasses when they when they look back at old Hockenheim races, yeah, and they said they they weren't very good. And I'm like, I don't understand how they. I mean, if, at if the time people races, like at the time people thought Hockenheim was really boring. I remember when I, it used to come around in the calendar. I liked it because it was one of the easiest tracks to play in, like Jeff Cameron's Grand Prix. And it was just, <laughs> yeah. Like if you're quite good, you could actually just skip chicanes and not get any penalties. And that's why I thought it was really good. But everyone's like, oh, it's just two straights. Like it's just two straights and a little twiddly bit. That's not a real track. But now, Those are the most fun circuits, though. Yeah. Do you remember, Pete, do you remember on GTR2, do you remember Enna Pagusa, which was just, like, really bloody quick and then some very, very hard chicanes? Um, those tracks are hilarious. Lots and lots of speed and then a very, very big stop. I, it's great. I just think Hockenheim holds a special place in my heart because of that, that terrible superbike game where we yeah. used to... <laughs> so we used to, we used to ride the superbikes backwards and the... <laughs> The riders would like fly off the bike, but then like automatically run back towards their bike. So you could just cause the biggest <laughs> chaos you've ever seen. It was uh, yeah, it was the old EA Superbike 2000 game. I've still got a copy of it. It's very I've very played good. it, but I want to play it desperately now. I'll 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 lend you my copy and you can play it. But yeah, yeah, old school Hockenheim, good would be up for that. Any other tracks that should be brought back? Um, Turkey. Turkey was good. Yeah, we were talking about this. I don't know we? how we well it fits for. Um, uh, uh, coronavirus issues, but yeah, big runoff areas. I only had like a short run, didn't it? I always think it always it's like established itself so quickly. It only ever, was it like six, seven years it had? Yeah, mid sometime in the mid two thousands, wasn't yeah. it? Um, but talking yeah, about it... alternative track layouts, though, I you know, so I was watching um in a extreme point of geekiness i thought to watch the first season with the f duct on the mclaren to see if people oh, yeah. were talking about it which after wasting two hours watching race where they didn't mention it once <laughs> it's a bit of a disappointment but that um bahrain track for one season had a layout almost as long as spa yeah it was it had that really wobbly wonky bit in the bit so if you play the formula one 2010 game it's that layout and um yeah it's all sort of it goes off into this really narrow, bumpy bit of track that definitely was never designed to have Formula One cars. <laughs> well, in, but I, somehow got certified. But why did they do that? There's no reason for it. I'm I a... think it's because they they. Uh, I think it's because they added Singapore to the calendar, and Singapore was a night race and a street circuit. And Bahrain were like, uh, "We need something special." Uh, we'll have a we'll make the track longer. That's what we're gonna do. <laughs> then, um, our special it, it, thing is have all these drivers complain. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It added nothing um, <clears throat> other than distance. So yeah, um, yeah. I'm pretty sure that was it. They wanted something, some kind of novelty. And then it's like a similar thing happened again when they felt that like they were kind of losing relevance. Uh, and that's when they made Bahrain like a night race. But weirdly, it's so the, I quite look forward to Bahrain now. Maybe it's because of obviously like the 2014, the Hamilton uh, Rosberg. That was 2014, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. that was yeah. that was a banging race. I've always liked Bahrain because I've always liked to drive it in games. I think it's got a really nice flow to it. And I really like some of those corners. Um, I'm very bad at it, obviously, but um, bad rain is that what you call it? Bad rain, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it, it. I think it's a great circuit, and it has produced some good races. Um, 
But anyway, the race we will be talking about later, after we've done some more news stuff, is um, Fuji 07, for reasons we'll explain a bit later on. Um, so stick around for that. Uh, any other racing news you guys have seen? Uh, I got Martin, really confused you... about when the rules are coming in and then not coming in and then not coming in again. Might be, might be 2023. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, I guess I missed that they weren't coming in in 2021. So I was like, wait. Right. The 2021 Wombles aren't coming in until after 2022 now. So, <laughs> like, what have I missed? So the, the 2020 cars, I think it makes sense for them to run in 2021 because they're gonna, probably not going to run this year. Or if they are going to run, it'll be like one big race at the end. They should do a 24-hour full on race. Around Silverstone, both ways. Yep. Well, I guess how long... <laughs> Halfway how through, long they can start the engines, going the other way. <laughs> how, how long are the engines supposed to last if they're like, they do what, three engines a year now or something? Five engines a year? How many is it? I can't remember how they're how many they're allowed. Let's say it's but, five. Yeah, they must, and they then must last a little bit. Then there's twenty races, so they're doing four race distances on an engine at least, right? So mm. they could at least do an eight hour race. Yeah, it would be a lot. Get, get their fingers out, so it's like two hour sprints. And yeah, and they should do it. They should do it multi class with F two as well. Yes, and oh no, and also so yeah, that would be the LMP two. Then you also need the GTEs, which would be. Porsche Super Cup. Porsche Super Cup. They're there already. Nice. Get them out. They're there already. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this race would be amazing. <laughs> Can you imagine how funny it'd be hearing Vettel not complain about blue flags, but just really slow Porsches? <laughs> yeah, it'd be brilliant. It'd not be brilliant. make, not making enough noise. <laughs> I'm legit up for this plan. I think it's the best plan we've had. It's the best idea we've had since so, uh, Kimi Raikkonen getting four championships. So possibly. is this going to be? The the COVID nineteen special exhibition race at yeah. Paul Ricard, where they're all doing different track layouts. <laughs> <laughs> what and merging back in? Yeah. So the Porsche Super Cup cars go off and do like the short shorter circuit, and then come back on again. It'd be like the most. Men- yeah, it'd, be really- it'd be like that's the that's the way we do BOP. Yeah, sounds perfect. Yeah, some people also have to send out the Formula Fords just to just if things get a bit boring at any point. That'd be brilliant. Have you seen? Um, the stuff on Twitter. Uh, who's who is it? Martin, Tom Aaron. the guy who's been uh, doing. Yeah, Tom Aaron. Who Tom Aaron. That was it. Yeah, him. has been um, posting uh, little videos from Project Cars Two where he puts random cars on random circuits, and it's pretty good fun. It's quite light-hearted, sort of. Although he stopped for April Fools because he was like, "There's enough nonsense going around on the internet." I really respected that. That's awesome. Yeah, it was good. It was a good, good move. Uh, but yeah, he's been putting Group C cars on the Brands Hatch Rallycross circuit, and like. Say what you like about Project Cars too, but um, oh, and I will, <laughs> and, and Pete will. Um, I won't. I've got uh, yeah, but lawsuits finished. But the the combinations of cars and circuits that you can come up with are pretty pretty bonkers, really. It has so much um, stuff in there. So I always forget yeah. how like exhaustive its list of like cars and tracks is. It's just mm. like, I forgot he's got a like, old rule on. It's got like Lydon Hill. Like the yep, which I just completely forgot is in there. It's nuts. Yeah, Brands Hatch Rallycross circuit is amazing. I really wish they'd bring it back. Um, it's got um, yeah, historic stuff, uh, rallycross stuff, and uh, all the weather things as well. So you know, we had that crazy spa race where it snowed during the uh, WEC. Yeah, you could recreate that in Project Cars too, and I don't know another sim that you could do that. In. Didn't they also have um, the Williams current livery and title sponsor before Williams did? Because it does look like a P-Cars livery. 
and, and does look complete with fake sponsor. It does look a bit like a Project Cars fake livery. Yes, that's true. I I, I quite like the Williams this year. I think it looks all right. Well, say this year, it's probably not going to. It'll be twenty twenty one, but um, I think it looks okay. But it does look like it feels like a lifetime ago that I saw it running for that two days. Oh my god, I'm so glad I watched both days of testing at the time. I was like, this is so sad. I'm watching this live, and then turns out, yeah, and then it turns out that's all the running you're going to see all year. Yeah, Yeah. who's laughing now? (laughs) It it feels like an eternity ago. Doesn't testing feel like about a million years ago? Yeah, Yeah, totally. But it was it it was a lot of fun though. I enjoyed watching bits of that. But I Mm. so I had one other bit of news um, about the coronavirus camp that Red Bull didn't... Oh, help <laughs> Helmut Marco's coronavirus camp. <laughs> what was that about? Like, I don't understand how that... Do you think he actually, like, floated that out to the rest of the board at Red Bull? Like, I've had a great idea, guys. Let's get all of our drivers really, really sick. And... Well, I think, you know, maybe he's, like, um, instead of, like, demoting drivers or firing drivers, he can just have them killed by coronavirus and then they won't be a problem ever again <laughs> so um, <laughs> but so, just the next stage in his like evil oh, master plan so i see in in comparison to his <laughs> other ideas like battle royale <laughs> yeah exactly yeah <laughs> he definitely suggested it. he i think yeah helmet marco i think pretty much i would disagree with helmet marco on all sporting issues <laughs> yeah. full stop i'm pretty confident that everything he thinks about formula one i would disagree with so how can yeah. we test this? Can we have him on as a guest? I don't think you'd come ask. on after I said that. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> you can only say no. And then we can disagree <laughs> with him. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, it seemed like a mad plan, didn't it? Um, because reg- regardless of like them being young, healthy drivers, there are occasionally young, healthy people who react extremely yeah. badly to coronavirus and are seriously, gravely ill because of it. So, the, the sort of recklessness of suggesting that you would take healthy people and try and like have some sort of chicken pox party um, to get them all ca- to have coronavirus so they're ready to go if the season picks up again is fabulously irresponsible. Uh, and to his credit, I suppose, at least he said, yeah, everyone thought it was a really bad idea. So I, I, I decided against it after all. <laughs> <laughs> but rather than just proceeding. Yeah, <laughs> just doing it in secret. But he like made those comments like um, a long time before. Like I don't want to defend him; he's a shit, and it's a really dumb thing to say. But um, yeah, he made them like a long time ago before everyone realised how serious it was. And I think it was about a month ago, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. it's about. It's probably while they were still thinking an Australian Grand Prix was going to happen. Well, exactly. Wow. And then yeah, and while and while we're being told over here that like everything's going to go ahead as normal, so yeah, it's like people were just being idiots back then. But he yeah, is, they have always an idiot. They haven't, talking of over here, they haven't cancelled the British Grand Prix yet. They've given themselves till the end of April to decide whether it's going to happen. But it's, it looks like Wimbledon's off. So Yeah, they cancelled that. And I think what they mean by the Silverstone one is that they're saying, guys, prepare this to be cancelled. Yeah. <laughs> We're just getting ready to cancel this, so don't book your flights kind of thing. It's but. That's a long time to go without motor racing. Like, obviously, that's the point of this podcast, is that we can keep keep ourselves entertained while this is happening but um yeah i'm really missing it like i'm i'm it's great watching old races and stuff but there's nothing quite like just having no idea what's going to happen at any given moment and seeing new cars and new drivers and, and yeah, all sorts like so whole esportsing as well which I, I know it's been fantastic and i do i have loved it as mm. well but it's it's just not a replacement as much as I love for the role no because of motorsport for me is 
like as much an engineering endeavor and it's about the that human story but yeah. you just can't get that when it's one person yeah you just don't that side's missing completely I agree entirely. I will say that um, I watched the um, SRO charity esports thing, which ran on Assetto Corsa Competizione. And like, that's the closest I've been to being sort of fooled visually, if that makes sense. Like it looked so, so close to a Blancpain GT broadcast. I was, I was kind of amazed by how good it looked. Obviously there were, there were sort of issues here and there, but um, I think just because again, there's no sort of fake liveries, there's no none of that stuff, um, I, and just looking at it, it just looked it looked like the broadcast. And, and the legit had, sponsor, uh, the commentators and stuff. Yeah, as well. legit commentators. They had David Addison there doing a great job. And what was really lovely about that was actually Addison had no idea about esports at all and no interest in it really. And it was really nice hearing him become like a convert on air, mm-hmm. basically. So like Jack Nichols asked him like immediately after the. Um, first race he was like so what do you think he's like oh my god i you know that there was some really good racing in there it was exciting you know blah blah blah. but yeah it looked and sounded like the real thing but it still doesn't doesn't quite scratch the same itch but um well i mean i love i love gt racing so much the interesting thing though is i mean i don't know you guys watched the the challenge lando thing that he did but i missed that actually was it good well it's it was fun. It was a, in, it wasn't like something you go, okay, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to watch an hour and a half of this like I watch a Grand Prix. But I had it on in the background while I was, I was doing some other stuff. But what comes across is that like Lando has, he's clearly the most engaged with this type of activity mm. than any other Formula One driver. I mean, I guess Max is the next best thing after Lando is, but I don't think he has the um, some of the whether it's the language side of it or, or not, because it's not his first language, but it doesn't seem to have the charisma uh, that Lando mm. seems to carry. Um, like Lando's genuinely comes across as quite a funny guy. Um, and yeah, he's constantly like making memes and stuff on Twitter and things. I think he's like genuinely a pretty witty dude. Yeah, and, um, I, and I think he's like you. You got to think if you're a if you're a team at the, in this time, you're now thinking, well, you know, he's. Firstly, he's he's getting in front of an audience, you know, with all the McLaren, uh, you know, shirts on and all those sorts of things, and, and providing publicity for a team that can't, currently can't put their car in front of cameras right now. So he's yeah, yeah. carrying the team basically. Plus, it's also the audience you want getting involved with Formula One because it's the audience that will see that on the front page of Twitch yeah, and exactly. might not necessarily like have an understanding of Formula One as a sport, but might go on and be like, oh, this guy's really funny and entertaining and he's a good streamer. And if, you know, if it's a girl or, you know, like if it's someone who might be attracted to him, they might, you know, fancy him. And that's a that's another great sort of way to get people involved in Formula One, like younger people who... You know, the sport needs young fans to survive, and this is like a really good sort of vector for that. Um, even though it's a sort of bad situation, I suppose it is. It is weird how, like, in a time like this, we, if anything, we're dragging more of a different fan base to Formula One than than we were during the season. Like, it's not my dad watching like Challenge Lando. It's no, no, not at it's all. A to- it's people that don't watch Formula One normally, and they're getting a whole yeah. you know, it's a whole different type of exposure that weirdly like we've been trying to get for for years now um yeah and it's this weird scenario that's just um it's really good to see presented. how like, the motorsport world's just adapted to it though it's done a really good job of kind of making the most of the situation and they say like kind of finding 
by could sort of by chance, but you see there's some effort being put in as well, like finding a whole new audience this way. Like it's gonna it's this fantastic yeah. seat. It, I think as also someone who like loves kind of sim racing as a concept, it's it's also really cool that that's being elevated at the same time. So not only are we getting new people in who are interested in motorsport and coming through this kind of esports angle, we've also got people like a renewed kind of interest in sim racing, which I think is going to hopefully mean better racing games and more racing games to play over the next few years. And, um, you know, I know a bunch of like European racing drivers like Ginetta drivers and things like that, guys I've raced against, and they're all ordering like Fanatec wheels and like play seats, you know, sim rigs and all this kit because they're trying to stay sharp during the yeah. off season. Um, so like Fanatec must be raking it in because I know at least three people, soon to be four, that have ordered like Fanatec kit as a direct result of this kind of shutdown. When you say soon to be four, that you don't mean me, right? Because I can't afford it. <laughs> Unless Fanatec want to sponsor the podcast. If they want to sponsor the podcast, uh, yeah. All I need um, right now is a load cell break and I'll be good for a little while. Mm. And then... You came so close. You came so close to getting one. No, I didn't. Just... <laughs> I, I specced it out and then I was like, yeah, that's $900 more than I have. Anyway, um, yeah, I, I think it's super encouraging. Like, uh, you know, obviously, again, to reiterate, it's a bad situation. It sucks. It's a shame there's no real motorsport, but given that that is the situation as it stands, um, it's good. We're to, lucky, it's good to know. see the motorsport community and like rise to the occasion, basically. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, and to be honest, like there's a, I've watched a few things now, like the IndyCar race that was on iRacing at the weekend. Like that was a full field of like legit <laughs> race car drivers. It was, and it's it amazing. was, it showed really well. They had. Um, I guess Paul Tracy had like connection problems, so he couldn't get into the race <laughs> and ended up just commentating instead, which I thought was quite funny as like a clutch thing to do. But <laughs> no, it was, I mean, it, it's one of those weird things where, okay, you lose like the highlight things you want to do at the weekend for motorsport stuff, but yeah, yeah, there's 100%. still things you can put on in the background that with some familiar characters and things like that. And yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've watched, I've watched an esports race, at least one esports race every weekend since they've since they've kicked off and it has been it's helped you know it's it has helped a bit but um yeah it doesn't doesn't quite replace the real thing unfortunately same with same with driving a driving a sim racing uh-huh. rig instead of a real car but um still pretty good pretty good so pete uh last week i participated in the esports event to wind you up uh did you participate in your own esports event this week i i wasn't gonna bring this up because i was embarrassed <laughs> that's okay but uh so yeah my my local track that i often frequent uh as an actual attempt of a race car driver uh yep. hosted an esports event not in my class it was in the modified so Right. Bit of a, so this is Stafford, Stafford Motor Speedway. Stafford right? Motor Speedway. And I normally would drive the late models there. But um, the, so for this, they are hosting it in the modified, which is kind of like the they Stafford's considered the home of the SK modified division. Mm. Um, and it's uh, so it, I, I spent quite a lot of time <laughs> preparing for this. It's a fixed <laughs> setup thing and everything. So everyone's on level playing field. My pace was pretty good. It's kind of like there's 60 drivers, 30 qualified very complicated for people that are outside of um you know the kind of over, the kind of home 
like local oval track racing scene about how you qualify for these mm-hmm. races but basically you have to like come in the top half of heat races if you don't you have to then you know come in the top half of a what's called like a conci race um last chance qualifier thing and naturally um it, rather than qualifying really well as i was doing in practice i kind of naffed it up so i had to <laughs> try and race my way in in my heat race not from a position that's particularly desirable but it got wrecked before the green flag even came out so that was good um yeah and then in my conci race i um <laughs> i made it to the first corner they got spat out there wrecked oh, so that was no. good um and so at that point <laughs> i cannot speak tell you how angry i was i was like <laughs> you were showing so, the clips on whatsapp oh i was so upset and because i'm like this is my one chance to show that like with when it's not to do with having like a motor that is a hundred years old um but maybe i could actually do something and instead beat of, some of the locals absolutely yeah. get destroyed and um <laughs> so then, then i log off and i get like text messages going are oh, you qualified I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> so i run back upstairs i guess like there were like two slots because i don't even to be honest i don't even understand how you qualify for these races because I didn't, <laughs> I didn't qualify in my heat race. Certainly didn't qualify in my conci race. But I guess there was two spots left for like if you had uh, set a fastest time uh, in practice. In not in practice, I think because in the heat race I carried on going, but I was just like lapping like half a lap behind everybody. But I right. must have set like a pretty banging lap or something, and um, so I got into the race on that. <laughs> so I was on the grid, but there's no car. <laughs> I didn't oh, even no. have like a, a Lando bot to carry me. Oh no. <laughs> so, oh. So yeah, not only did I look stupid for, for wrecking in both races really before the race even started, I don't look stupid for not even showing up to the main race. <laughs> well, so, yeah. I feel like it's Mar- it's Martin's turn to do an esport next week. So well, there is, could... I did Colin McRae this this week, if that counts. That's not really esport, it was against against myself, which is a great Go on then. Oh, all right. Um Let's hear. Let's hear it then. So this is the new Conor McRae DLC that's come out for Dirt Rally Two. Yeah. Um, what did you make of it? What do you think? I mean, to be honest, it's it's not it's it's not an amazing bit of DLC. It's basically a new stage and I think a couple of new cars. Although I have I've only played the carpet so far, so I should really down it. But um, it's just nice just to go. It's just really nice to have a good excuse to go back to Con- to Dirt Rally Two though. Um, yeah. Which is why I'm enjoying it the most because of God, that game's so good. And it it's nice really, having really Conor McRae stuff in there because it kind of obviously ties it together to the old Conor McRae games. Does it have like yeah. the the focus from Conor McRae too? I'm not sure because I've only done the first half of it. And it's only I think it's just the Subarus. I think it's yeah. There's a the Subaru Legacy, isn't there? Yeah. And then the the sort of famous um, Impreza. Um, but it's got a bunch of scenario type stuff, hasn't it as well? But this this new Scotland stage looks a lot like it's just like a faster Wales basically yeah it kind of reminds me because it is fast it sort of reminds me of Finland a little bit um I don't know what Mm. it's based on actually uh I'm not too hot on my real rally stuff Mm. um but yeah it's like it's super fast and also it's just unbelievable I'm so bad at this game um (laughs) like I because there's a few in the Cosy and he's in the Cofford Cosworth and it's just when I'm driving I'm like who thought it was a good idea to send this thing down country roads? Like <laughs> rear wheel drive thing with rear wheel drive, like turbocharged thing, and it's just yep. trying to destroy you all the time. Just the back end is yeah. kicking out, and it's just hissing you. Like, I just oh, always end up like hanging from a tree by the the big rear spoiler. Like that's that's pretty much how it ends for me. Um, I I feel like with with rally games, like there's a level of performance that I just can't 
like reliably access like what will happen is like i can be comfortable but i'll be quite slow and then if i go really fast i'll probably have like i'll chain together three corners where i'm like super reactive i'm like catching the car and slides and doing a really really good job and i'm absolutely flying through and then after three corners i'll just slam it into a wall and like launch it and do a, an eight cartwheel crash and that's that's it over so whereas clearly the real guys can maintain that that sort of really frantic level of pace for an entire rally which is amazing to me i do think rally drivers are probably the best drivers in the world i I disagree i actually think if you were gonna actually do a rally they'd just drive around like real easy (laughs) really it just look it just looks really frantic they're just like "Mm, i'm not gonna gonna push it's too dangerous look at this crazy who drive fast on this road there's and a tree looked, there. It I might hit impressive. that. Yeah, it looks impressive. But they just yeah, speed up just the like footage, a, I think, in the team. Because like, there's no way someone would, would would drive that fast on the road. Yeah, there's just there's pottering around. I've I've played Richard Burns Rally. I know that like the moment you go off course, your radiator is broken. So yeah, <laughs> no, why risk it? It's a total um, of the hair. This is another another tragedy. That's why I lose at multiplayer against you all the time, Mike. <laughs> That's true, actually. Yeah, Pete's a, be- Pete's a better driver than me, but for some reason, like I can usually usually either beat him or be very close on a, on rally games for some reason. Dude, these are public um, roads, Mike. They're speed limits for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> are, you ind- are you indicating as well when you get to a T junction? Yeah. Um, one of the I think one of the great tragedies of the um, uh, the this shutdown is that uh the safari rally was going to be returning to the wrc calendar um and the safari rally is such a classic um and it's it's gonna be a real shame if that doesn't happen because of all this stuff because i think it would be a really exciting as a motorsport fan and b really good for rallying to return to africa like as a kind of as a place for for motorsport to happen like one of the really cool things last year was the kyle army uh nine hour race because again, it was like racing on the African continent, which just doesn't get the kind of profile it deserves, considering what a massive part of the massive proportion of the earth Africa is, considering how little motorsport uh, or yeah. high profile motorsport happens there. It's crazy. So it was amazing to, to hear that they were going to go back to Kenya. Um, and I really hope it, it happens next year. Were they going to dress all the cars up with the... Um... I don't know, Do but I was the... really hoping. For, yeah, the, the the snorkels and the bull bars. That's like, I was really shocked. Yeah, I was quite. Yeah, I'm just. I just wanted to see the snorkels back. Basically, that's all. That's the only reason I was excited. <laughs> it's like, I was really snorkels. hoping when they speak about like the teams are like we don't need these anymore, and they're like mandatory. You have yeah, to run them. Mandatory snorkel, mandatory bull bars. <laughs> <But> like, um, <laughs> again, video games might save the day to a degree because they'll have been putting the Kenya. Uh, stages into the new WRC. Yeah, it's in game, WRC nine. It's, it's definitely in WRC nine, which comes out. Uh, I think it doesn't come out for quite September, a bit, September or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it, the previous WRC game was actually pretty good. It wasn't like as good as Dirt Rally Two, but I think it was I if you, I, cause I, I played most on console. I think you played on a decent PC rig. It was a match. Mm. Um, because I, I played on console and thought it still came pretty close. Yeah, like, it was, yeah, it, it was good. Um, but I just think the, there's a, an extra level of detail to the Dirt Rally yeah. 2 handling that is just missing. But in terms of authenticity, in terms of representation of the top level of the sport, I think WRC 8 was was really, really good and had some great stages, looks good. So I'm looking forward to playing Kenya in WRC 9 when that arrives. But um, certainly I will have a crack at the Colin McRae DLC. Um, 
yeah, I, I sort of, I, I'm somewhat uncomfortable about um, McRae's sort of legacy in terms of the, the sort of the crash and things and, and how kind of, I guess, culpable uh, he was for that stuff. But I would say that um, you can't argue with his sort of importance to the sport and his talent as a driver, basically. And I think the the DLC is still a, a, an amazing way to kind of pay tribute to that aspect of his sort of personality and career. Is that fair? Yeah, uh, I don't think the crash isn't in the game, uh, and it like, uh, but it doesn't do. Um, it's it's quite like, I think it just whistles through stuff. Basically, it's just stuff like mm. in four different chapters, and it is. I think it feels more more like. Do you remember the Ayrton Senna DLC for the F one game? Yeah, which wasn't very good because I think I did go into much depth into anything. I think it's more like that, mm. but it's just it's just basically a handful of stages. The, I, the context of them was quite cool. Like some one of them, you've got to like. Um, I think one of you got to roll twice and then go on to win the stage. I heard that, yeah, which is kind of a fun challenge, but also, I mean, I'm going to do that first time probably because yeah, that's totally. how I play Dirt Rally Two. Uh, I almost certainly will. Roll I think twice. you guys are too that's reckless. <laughs> <laughs> Should be do, using our turn signals. I, I like to finish my trip. rally stages without breaking the law. <laughs> I can't drive anything which has got over like 80 uh, brake horsepower in Dirt Rally 2 without just just dying instantly yeah the, Cit- the Citroen DS is about my level really, <laughs> and I have a lovely uh, time just basically yeah. tooling around in that it's wonderful great. air suspension it's delightful um, Pete you, you brought up a, a game for us a parlor game Wait, we should before, definitely play it. before we go there though I just want to say Martin if you're feeling like you want to get involved in some endurance uh esports stuff there is a i keep inviting you <laughs> to my scuderia chicken house team and you're not you're not taking part i don't know what's going on here my sub expired and it's i'm a scumbag but it's yeah my my i racing sub expired as well but i reckon payday in i've got payday in a couple of weeks well so. i racing could always sponsor us i know that it's not <laughs> it's very not they good, could do good business model for them since everyone's probably re-upping their subs right <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. Anyway. I'm sure everyone. But, yeah, I'm... but it's at Sebring this weekend, which is obviously one of the easier tracks. For is it? Is it? <laughs> no, yeah, no. you're shaking your head like it definitely isn't. Um, <laughs> it's pretty bumpy. As long as you got some good force feedback, and uh, yeah, but um, I will, I will re, I will resubscribe. To I'm not interested in you, mate. You're a rookie license, Martin. You're a D license. You can jump right into my team. <laughs> I, I still, I've got, I still got a way to go, mate. Like, in... no, you're like, if you, if you got a D license, you can take part in team stuff. Oh, sweet. And then I'm doing my Scuderia Chicken House livery right now, and uh, it's, <laughs> it looks terrible. But <laughs> I, you know, I'm right at the point where I'm putting the flags and the names on the pillar, so I can put. Martin on there with next door to Peter. Oh, now and, that's uh, that's it. I can't believe you just won me over like this. If I promise we, you, we've promise got some pretty good sponsors too. So we've got <laughs> we've got Portion Period Podcast. Ka- yeah, Camzy's Pet Emporium with a picture of my <laughs> of, of my dog. <laughs> um, and this my... is like going back to the old NASCAR racing. Game <laughs> yeah, it really is. Liveries the liveries have not got better. Um, no, I've got um, yeah, Mark. Mama's gravy, <laughs> and my my, my I've, like made, a... I've made up a pretend consultancy that my dad runs because he right he loves giving his opinion. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there we go. It's true. That's true. Well, yeah. So the course be a podcast going to be on there as well, and um, 
yeah, I'm trying to think up some other things that are vaguely insulting to the rest of the people that we're driving against. <laughs> I hope no one sounds takes offence to Mama's gravy. <laughs> it sounds weird, and it's, I can't explain. I almost don't exactly think about why. it too much. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because now if I do, it will be on the places. back bumper. So <laughs> I gonna hope just that it's going to distract okay. people a bit. <laughs> almost. Uh, Wait till you see the logo. Anyway, let's play your game. Let's definitely okay. play your game because we are we've barely scratched the surface of what we said we were going to talk about. So right. let's go. Um, what's your What's your game? All right. So this week's game, I haven't come up with a name for it because I'm not that imaginative. But um, so basically, you got to figure out who your superhero, who you'd cast in your superhero role, who right. you'd cast in your superhero sidekick role, and who you'd cast in your um, evil supervillain role out of the past and present cast of uh formula one uh characters so this can include drive not just drivers but even race engineers or team bosses helmet Helmet marco (laughs) oh god i'm tempted (laughs) to just not allow him because we don't just pick him he should be banned from the supervillain role. He's so, a good place I'm, to start. He's a good place to start, though, because like he he is. But I think the, the way superhero we do it, could rise up against him. But do, do you want to hear what my entire like thought process was here for mine before I realised that maybe opening up to outsider drivers was going to be? And because I, I honestly, there's there's too much material here. It's too perfect. But mm, okay, my my original one was. I wanted Mark Webber to be my superhero because he just looks like one already. He does look a bit like Superman, yeah. So he is just perfect. And Johnny Herbert as his sidekick. But, <laughs> and I know my mum would agree because when I mentioned this to her about this game, she's like, oh, Johnny Herbert would be a perfect sidekick. I'm like, yes, that was what I was going <laughs> okay. I don't really know Good. why, but I just think he's always so eager and happy. Yeah, he's chipper and yeah, yeah he's having a great time. And Tony Unlucky as well. Yeah, like the unlucky guy. <laughs> yeah. He'd never make it as a superhero, unfortunately. But we'd all want him uh, to. But yeah, but, of course. But the problem was, I'm not, I'm not happy with the the chemistry between Weber and Herbert. I don't know if they'd make a good team. But right. But then my arch nemesis slash supervillain was going to be Jack Villeneuve. Okay, that's fair enough. And he'd, he'd always wear massively baggy clothes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like in real life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he could be threatening the. Threatening the Earth with one uh, with a with a new album. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Which, um, we know James Allen just loves. He just mm. will not stop bringing it up, <laughs> even today, probably. Uh, all right, that's, that seems reasonable. I'd I'd watch that comic book movie. I'd watch, uh, yeah, Avengers Endgame, but with the with that cast of characters. I've not really given it enough thought, but I think my superhero would have to be david coulthard because that is a superhero chin like that chin would look really good in a batman sort of cowl thing um he just looks like a superhero it's it's basically a similar sort of premise to you with weber disagree i'm gonna have to stop right there because he's he wears trousers that are just too tight (laughs) so does superman Superheroes wear tights. Yeah. That's literally That's the closest thing to tights. Tights are trousers that are too tight. Yeah, That's not, they not when they're not when they're playing their like they like John Wayne. Not John Wayne. What am I talking about? Bruce Wayne. Bruce Wayne. <laughs> John Wayne. <laughs> John Wayne wore very baggy trousers because yeah. he was a cowboy. Uh, <laughs> I want to see John Wayne in tights now, though. That's an image which. <laughs> 
with me tonight to bed. No, David Coulthard. David Coulthard's perfect. Perfect. Right, fine. I'll allow. Um, just imagine that Batman thing with that jawline. It would be, be very powerful. Um. Oh, though no. that the sidekicks. The sidekicks. The difficult one. It's always I'm, Herbert. <laughs> I'm going to go with Jerry Horner. Wow. Technically, technically connected to Formula yeah. One. Bit of uh, diversity because it can't just be an all male super team. Um, and she's got big sidekick energy, I think, probably. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go for I'm going to go for Jerry Horner. Actually, she's like a bit of a she's enthusiastic, um, certainly. Um, and I don't think like any kind of working knowledge of Formula One is a prerequisite for this. No, is it? No, they're not, um, they're not fighting the evils of Formula One. They're protecting uh, undoubtedly a portal that's spawning enemies over mm. and over again. Um, and then for the arch villain, I am gonna go for. Let me make sure I pronounce his name right. Ferrari team principal. The one similarly, Domenicali. No, neither of those. The one who is definitely would have made an amazing super villain. Arriva Bene. Yeah, Arriva Bene. That was him, right? The sexy guy. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. so yeah. sexy yeah. Italian. <laughs> he has everything. Look, yeah. Looks like a super villain, <laughs> smokes like a chimney, um, would look like definitely looks like he could kill you, right? Do you not think he looks he's like he's definitely could kill killed you? people by the looks of things? I, I think yeah. he's. I was just I was immensely attracted to River Bene, so I don't know. I only see him in purely romantic terms. But that's his. But that's his power over you. You see, that's what makes him a manipulative Machiavellian super genius. So I. That's my. That's my thing. DC Jerry Horner versus uh, River Bene, and that's only because I can't choose Helmut Marco. Right. Well, you can't choose Helmut Marco because I'm going to because I go back. <laughs> You're not allowed to. You've got to pick someone else. I have because I because I've got a perfect counterpart as well though because Helmut Marco for obvious right. reasons. You better justify this. Um and. Going against him, uh, Jaime Alguasari, who's like a, a Jaime Alguasari. Nice, yeah, yeah. Good who's uh, like, yeah? Now isn't he just on the deck somewhere? Isn't he just? I be, I be the DJ by uh, by night, or have I made it up? Probably, yeah, probably. Um, and then also by night, he's like some kind of cavalier, uh, stealthy uh, superhero who can take down uh, Marco. So he's the hero. Wait, he's the hero. Yeah, he's a hero. His psychic, his psychic, Barrichello, who's been around the block. It's a, bit, <laughs> it's a bit bumbling, and he's just super sweet natured and really cares for yeah. him. Wants to, yeah, wants to come. Yeah, tripping up on the podium thing constantly. He's he's um, a beautiful sidekick. Uh, and who? Uh, Helmut Marco is the supervillain because of this. I think you could have gone the other way around. You could have had Jaime Alguasari as the supervillain because he's been betrayed and he's become all twisted and like bitter in his like betrayal. By the Only if it's been young driver. Wait, so so who was your superhero? Like Wait, who was your psychic then? Barrichello. Barrichello. Oh, okay, yeah, right. yeah. No, I can see that. And then I help mean, Marcus the bad guy. You could have had it the other way around, though. You could have had um, like one of the more successful Red Bull drivers, like Max Verstappen, for example, as the hero. And then Barrichello is the psychic. And then yeah, Jaime Alguasari wearing a kind of Phantom of the Opera mask or something uh plotting his demise because it should have been him in that red ball car so there, well how many other successful red bull drivers are there though it's only really like 
Verstappen and Vettel. Vettel. I guess you could say Weber as well, but even he feels like he has shat out the system. So, all yeah. right, I, I think we need to come up with, out of the three of us, what our actual perfect set of people would be for this. Because I think there's some more that I thought about after I picked my driver-only casting. Like, Max Mosley. Yeah. Bernie Eccleston. Bad, bad guy, yeah. Nicky Lauda. Lauda. Bad guy? Not... I'm not saying they're bad guys, I'm just saying they're characters. Yeah, it's true. We've got got Toto Wolf. Toto Wolf's like Alfred to Lewis Hamilton's Batman. He'd make a good villain though. He would make a good villain though, even because he's super suave and everything. I was was actually thinking a good sidekick or or if we're looking at Alfred type characters, you've got Rob Smedley. Mm. He'd be a good Alfred. To Felipe um, Massa. (laughs) So would... Jarve or um, I always Bono. forget. Yeah, Bono. Yeah, exactly. So we got the the engineers would be a good role for that, but um, they're less yeah. like in the field psychics, aren't they? They're more like back at the bat cave sort of psychics. Well, yeah, that's what I like I mean. it though. I'm I'm happy with my I'm like so happy with my picks. I think that would make an amazing superhero story, um, and I think Ariva Bene is clearly a cool guy. Um, but in that kind of Bond villain style, like you could definitely see him being evil. God, you just say his name and my heart melts. I know, yeah. Who was the guy that ran um, the Formula One, um, the FIA stuff uh, when uh, during like the Senna documentary? Balestra. The guy that was Jean-Marie Balestra. Oh, Jean-Marie Balestra, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. He was Foca, was he, or Fisa, or whatever it was. He was, yeah. <laughs> he, was, he was a bad guy. Yeah, he's like a he's like a Doctor No style Bond villain. Um, so what amazing. we're saying is that there'd be there'd be plenty of episodes. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I would. I would like. I'm fully into this. We've got. Um, well, we've got an MCU kind of situation. Right? Yeah, we have. Yeah, we've got the the F1 CU. Um, I love it. I love it. All right. Talking of F1, um, <laughs> we should pre- we should really move on to the race that we've all watched. Uh, this week, which uh, let's explain the uh, context behind this. The context is that we were all supposed to be looking forward to the very first Vietnam Grand Prix, um, Vietnamese Grand Prix, I should say, uh, at a brand new circuit. Um, and so, in the absence of that, we thought we'd pick a race uh, from a circuit that is no longer on the calendar, so we don't get to enjoy anymore, and that is somewhere in the kind of Asia Pacific region. And so what we came up with, uh, which is available on the Formula One app, uh, is Fuji 07, which uh, is a banger. Is it? Is it classed as a classic race on the app? Yeah, it no, is. it's not. Yeah. Is, 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 is it, it not? Is it? It's not on mine. Yes. I was like, I think, maybe have a look. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't, it's I don't one think of the highlights is. in 2007, anyway. Yeah, but it is. I think it's it's one of the standout races they have there because there's yeah. It is it is a classic race. I think we can all agree. Yeah, we definitely it's classic, agree. It's, it's, it's a classic it's, era, which I just was watching this made me realise what like what a time for F1. I know. Yeah, brilliant. Like, the, the amount of like manufacturers in it, like the amount of yeah. Brilliant also, just, drivers I didn't, there I didn't, think, I didn't realise at the time, but I think because of, I was so excited about seeing Hamilton in his debut season because of. For obvious reasons, I've been following him since he was a kid. Um, sounds mm. creepy, it is. Um, <laughs> and then mainly following him on the karting circuit. Yeah. Uh, another <laughs> one, of, another one of these. Until he la- that, until he that Martin him. can't talk about. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he said Hamilton, who was like the new guy, then Alonso, who I wasn't quite so hot on then because I didn't realise how amazing he was. 
Uh, and then, but you just had it was. Uh, I think Pedro Delorosa said recently that it's probably the best pairing of drivers there's ever been in F1 in terms of talent. And I think he's probably right. I know you could say like Senna Prost, um, but mm. that's a hell of a partnership, Hamilton Alonso, and they were at each other. It's like it's as good as '88 in terms of like. But yeah, I didn't realize it, at this point they'd already had their constructor points taken away from. McCann. Yeah. So there's already a lot of <laughs> going on in that in that gap. Yep. Like yeah, the, the fact uh, that Alonso even had pedals in his car, he's lucky. <laughs> <laughs> um, I yeah, it's 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 brilliant. Yeah, going back to the manufacturers, we had uh, obviously Ferrari, BMW, like Renault, um, Toyota was still in there at the moment. Like the, that level of manufacturer support, we're not going to see again in Formula One. And yeah, like you say. The the McLaren pairing, it's such a shame we only got that for one season. Yeah. Is that right? But what yeah, a season. Just, it couldn't have lasted any longer than that because they were just at each But what if race. it had? It was so good. I will say that um, this race in particular isn't the greatest highlight of Alonso's uh, massive skill uh, because he really struggled throughout this race. Uh, I didn't realise quite how difficult he was finding it. I know he had damage and things, but I think when they interview him after the race, they're like, was damage a factor in your massive accident that you had? And he's like, no, not really. I just aquaplaned and it all went wrong. Um, but he looked far less comfortable in that car in those conditions. And they're rotten conditions. I was wondering um, if maybe if we had seen... If they, if ha- having an understanding of what happened in qualifying might have helped. Because maybe some of those drivers were, you know, had setups that weren't quite as conducive to the wet weather. Because some people were struggling a lot more than others. And it's odd that... Other the than the fact that the Ferraris both went out on like extreme, like, 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 everyone's, <laughs> like, like, everyone's got to start extreme wets, but both Ferraris went out on like inters or something. Like, <laughs> yeah. But I wonder whether that was some like galaxy brain Ferrari strategy thing there. Like maybe no one will notice that we've gone out on inters and well, then this, the safety car comes in, we'll be fine. This yeah, was in the heyday of the rule set where like Ferrari could basically do whatever the they wanted, right? So they're like, yeah, let's yeah. just do what, yeah, put whatever tires they, you want on. They did get, they did get pulled in. Um, as they rightly should have done, because Charlie Whiting was like, no, if we're starting behind the safety car, you should be on the, the full wets. Um, but yeah, it's a really bizarre decision. I think it's, I think it's actually because Charlie was like, guys, guys, you've you got to put full wets on because it's f***ing wet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's, it's not an gonna, advantage. <laughs> yeah. They were going to meatball them, weren't they? They were going to use the meatball flag, which is like the, your car is unsafe. Which is fair enough, I think, if you're out on inters. And, and, and when they were out on inters, like, Massa spun almost immediately. So, kind of evidence that they messed it up. It was a real, like, it was. It felt like a real sort of Ferrari strategic <laughs> um, But they, they still finished pretty well. And we got some, we got a storming drive from Kimi Raikkonen, eventual world forgot, champion. Because I always think the 2007 Raikkonen, like, the thing that everyone's like, oh, the Raikkonen was at his best in 05, 06. And mm. the um, Ferrari Raikkonen wasn't his best, but this kind of put that put pay to that. Seeing him in this drive, his drive is phenomenal in mm. this race. Um, obviously, so he's not so pacey, and he front, ne- he nearly had Kovalainen on the final lap as well for the for second place. He really nearly like chucked it past him. They were properly battling wheel to wheel, and then Massa. Um, I think that the thing that was quite like almost sad for me watching this race is that like. I'd forgotten how like good Massa used to be and how like on it he used to be. Um, and I do think that like after the, his accident in 2009, where he got like a head injury from the suspension thing, I don't think he was ever the same driver afterwards. And it was 
I guess sad in a way, but also quite nice to see like Massa battling like in torrid conditions right up to the flag with Kibitza wheel to wheel properly giving yeah, that was it a great, little, great um, battle at the end. It's such a good battle, and I just you know I sort of almost forgotten that Massa used to used to be quite an exciting driver, certainly in that sort of like mid two thousands era. He had flashes, yeah, but he was never quite consistent enough. I don't think, apart from maybe over that 08 season when he was obviously. So yeah, rem- remind me, in in this season, um, this wasn't the one that ended in Brazil with like that fi- look, final corner Timo Glock overtake thing. No, this is that was 08. No, that was that was 08 where Hamilton won. So this was the one where the race immediately after Fuji was China, where, yeah. and that was the one where Hamilton tried to come into the pit lane. Oh, and screwed it out, yeah. outbreaks himself, ended up in the sand. His tyres were down to canvas. I remember because I watched that. Yeah. I, was, I was so desperate for him to win the title that year. And I watched it. I was working mm. cinema at the time. And I was watching it in the basement of my dad's where we had it on the big screen. And I just thought when, like, when he went off, you could see the tyres were screwed. It was like, oh, it was like a scene yeah. of horror story unfold. And then you yeah, see it was a nightmare. It was the most pathetic it, way as well to crash out. It was it was a position he shouldn't have been put in by the team. But I, I, I remember that. And I just I had forgotten that those two races... The Fuji 07 race, which was amazing, and the China race, which was also amazing, but obviously had a terrible result. Um, I'd forgotten they were just back to back, you know. Um, and then uh, I think it, it, the season finished in Brazil, and Hamilton had gearbox problems, yeah. and that took him out of uh, took him out of contention. Uh, and and Raikkonen won it. And like like you said, Martin earlier, he was as surprised as anyone when he was world champion, really. Because um, when you're watching that Fuji race. It looks like McLaren have got it in the bag. They've got they've got the points advantage. It's theirs to lose, and they well, and they've got a rookie driver who who drove like a veteran in that race. I mean, mm. it's unbelievable. Like everyone's going off all over the place. He even gets hit at one point, yeah, spins out. He's got damage. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it is somehow he's not only is he driving a car that clearly isn't going to be operating as it, at its best, but yeah. and on top of that, you know. I'm sure that you're not in a great frame of mind if you're leading a race and someone drives into the side of you who's a back marker. Yeah, yeah. And well, yeah, he still keeps his keeps his head. You're like, this is, you know, <laughs> well, like, a lot of shadowing his he... future self a little bit, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and his consistency, um, uh, even at that early stage. But Alonso got hit, um, in a very similar fashion, not not too diff, you know, not too distantly from the the point where Hamilton was hit. And immediately then Alonso goes off again. Like you can tell he's annoyed and yeah. like has chucked it off the road because he's he's pissed. There's basically. a beautiful moment when he gets uh, over by uh, the team orders as well. At one point, where he gets he he loses his pit window and he ends up like yeah four or five places behind uh, behind Hamilton. You're like I so wish we had team radio yeah. at this point because that would have been <laughs> hilarious to hear him screaming at the team. And then but, um, I, I think that one of the things that I forgot happened because for some reason I've seen the clip so many times. Of Weber vomiting all over himself in the car, yeah. <laughs> and, and and thinking that he'd retired at that point, I didn't realize that he'd carried on. He carried on, yeah, yeah, covered, covered in, in sick, covered in yeah. his own sick, and then gets nailed by Vettel. <laughs> <laughs> and then they think, "I've got a great idea. I'm going to put these guys in the same team because that'll, that'll be that'll be great." Multi twenty one, sir. Multi twenty one. Because Weber was doing brilliant as yeah. well, right? He was in like, yeah, he was in second, and like. Vettel was on for a podium. They were second and third. And this was a point um, where like, yeah, getting a podium wasn't a certain... Like, this is where, where the Red Bulls, I think, only second podium, I think. Yeah, yeah. And obviously it would have been uh, Vettel's first podium. Um, he didn't win in the Toro Rosso until the following year in 2008. 
But um, I did you guys uh, on your coverage? Did you get the um, the Louise Goodman interview with Weber yeah. after the fact? It's the absolutely to the point. hilarious. <laughs> yeah, he's like, um, I, I I can't. I this is not necessarily verbatim, but he basically says. Um, Oh, like you know, you put these kids in and they've got no experience, and they go and f- it up. <laughs> and Louise Gibbons like, well, I guess we'll end it there then. Um, it's absolutely. What was she expecting, really? I, I mean, don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but she's lucky I he mean, was that polite. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but what a rotten day for him! Like food poisoning, ate some bad sushi or something the night before, um, and then uh, yeah, threw up on himself and then got taken out by not his teammate. But someone from the junior team who was up his chuff during a safety car period. <laughs> can you imagine a worse day at the office? I'm not sure I can. <laughs> Poor guy. The other thing is, like a Fuji race. I don't know. Why do they keep on going to Fuji? Every every time I go see Fuji, or watch a Fuji race, it seems to be either delayed or just rained on massively or just cancelled yeah. entirely. Why everyone just watches a wet track? But this is like this is the level of painful nerd I am. One of my favourite uh, WEC races I ever watched was that Fuji one that was on in the middle of the night. It was 2014. I remember this. I watched it in bed, and it was basically the entire thing was rained off. And the only exciting thing that happened was that uh, Audi did a repair on the car in two pit stops. So they sort of half repaired it, sent it round for a lap, brought it back in, and half did the other half of the repair so they wouldn't fall off the lead lap, and that was it. And I watched the whole thing. I think it was like six hours long uh, behind the safety car or something stupid like that. Nice. So, <laughs> but actually, yeah, <laughs> I know that sounds nice tremendously boring, but this Fuji 07 race, for example, you spend 20 laps behind the safety car for this race and it's still compelling and interesting, mainly because like Ferrari have done the wrong I, thing. I can't tires. wait for the text messages when uh, that, uh, that friend of mine that I've... I'm forcing him to watch these races with us. Mm. He's going to text me and be like, "What the f- have you told me to watch this race?" When the <laughs> third of it is behind, behind a, a road-going Mercedes. <laughs> but it was it does it sound was... great, by the way. That Mercedes. Yeah, car. yeah. You, you hear it every so often doing its doing its AMG thing past the cameras. Other notes: uh, Takuma Sato leaving the pits fully on fire. That was pretty that exciting. Was amazing in I the Super I wish we He's had like... refueling again because. Nothing beats a good old fire, does it? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say for the excitement, the different strategies, and everything, but no, yeah, it's just no, it's just because it when things go boom. I but mean, I it's, it's it's not. I mean, even when we had refueling, I mean, it was a long time. I mean, last time I think it was like Verstappen when he like set fire to his whole pit box, or whatever. But like, mm-hmm. I mean, they, if in those sorts of environments, like it's fairly controlled, right? But a good old fuel fire on an engine covers yeah that's what we want to see I like still happens it still happens in, in indycar all the time if you want to watch fuel fires on uh on engine covers then it's indycar all the way at the moment, right? <laughs> they have a little piddly hose they spray yeah, yeah. <laughs> little squirty Which, thing that they for what all you're doing is removing some of my enjoyment like <laughs> you're gonna see a little bit of a fire car drives away fire goes out i'm happy anyway i love that sato was just like i'm in front of my home crowd i'm driving a honda powered car there's no way I'm stopping for this fire. I'm just going to drive towards the track where there's clearly a lot of water being thrown up anyway. It will probably sort my sort my fire yeah. out. Wait, it was a lot l- l- later after that where Raikkonen had quite a bad fire on his engine cover and he just absolutely gunned it out of the pits. And you know, It was pretty a sunny day, wasn't it? Well, Raikkonen just doesn't give a... But that's know. why, I mean, I, it, you, the fire will go out if you, you know, once you start moving. 
Yeah, if you drive fast enough. Yeah, definitely. Unless unless it kind of creeps into the fuel cell and blows the car. It explodes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm assuming it won't happen, but yeah. Uh, yeah. My my other note is that I had forgotten just how much Heike Kavalainen looked like Beavis from Beavis and Butthead. Yeah, it's unfortunate, isn't it? It's uh, mm. not a good look. <laughs> I forgot that I'd like. There's a lot of drivers who just forget that. Uh, actually, no, Kavalainen. I just always forget he won the race and he won Hungary didn't he, in 2009. Um, yeah. Just always forget he's he was an F1 driver for some time and also quite an exciting F1 driver. And also Sakon Yakamoto is one of those pub quiz things where it always like someone would say, What team and when? Like I cannot remember Sakon Yakamoto racing in F one at all. Yeah. Like... Spiker, like a Dutch team. It's weird it was weird to see weird collision of sort of Japanese driver Dutch team. Uh when there were at the time two Jap- three Japanese teams on the grid. There was Toyota, Honda and Super Guri. On the grid at the same oh, time. I loved Super Guri. They were yeah, great, they, weren't they? They yeah, were so good. It, <laughs> and it was so like it. It was. <laughs> the, wasn't it supposed to be like definitely not a Honda B team? Be like that looks just like the yeah. Honda. Yeah, but with a well, better they use, they use the exact same. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> it's, super. It's not hard. It's uh, Honda. I felt, was, I felt a bit sorry oh. for Super Super Guri in that race because um, Anthony Davidson retires and like. I think Martin Brundle's in the middle of an analogy and he's like halfway through the analogy and then he goes, oh, and Anthony Davidson's retired and then just carries on the analogy because like it clearly doesn't matter at all to him. Um, it was pretty funny. Um, just that, they, yeah, it was it was kind of expected almost that Anthony Davidson would retire at some point during the... Uh, you know, if I could bring any race. team back from the past in Formula 1, it wouldn't be Lotus, it wouldn't be Brabham, it'd be Super Guri. I want them back. Yeah. <laughs> they were so cool. <laughs> they were, but they they were pretty good in 06, right? 06 was the first year of Super Aguri, and they that really was the the that was like the 05 Honda car that they were running, yeah. and it was pretty pretty handy, you know. Well, the 05 tasty. Honda car was the one that Button really not when he won championship, indeed, but he had he had a pretty good run. Wasn't it? Was wasn't it that the 04 one? I think that was 04. So 06 he won in Hungary, but that was a not a good. Not a good Honda car. But there was a year um, where they were qualified on the, like in the front row every race, like in the, in the like, yeah, yeah, and was on the yeah. podium. It was it was oh four. Um, I remember the Hockenheim race in oh four was amazing because he just drove past absolutely everyone at that hairpin. Like he just kept overtaking people at the hairpin, and they couldn't stop him. Um, but that the was amazing. Four yeah. Hockenheim race. Let's see if we have this one. It was a B, it was a BAR <laughs> in there. Yeah, well, if we get to sort of German Grand Prix kind of time. Oh, we will. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, we certainly will. Um, this is getting what what's going to get really interesting is when we start getting to like Le Mans, and we're not going to watch a full Le Mans. You say that. <laughs> I, t- I was actually thinking the other day because of um, yeah, because I was watching the race of Jonia. You're on. She hasn't had motor racing for ages, and she got so excited when we was watching motor racing together. And I was thinking, mm. you know what? I might actually just put a Le Mans on over the weekend or something, and just have it in the background. And just have it to like. It's not going to be your total attention. You just start it at like four on the Saturday. Even yeah, and just leave it on a screen. I, I must admit, this, the same thought had crossed my mind, but I wasn't going to do it for Le Mans. I was going to do it for uh, one of the Nürburgring 24-hour races that I'd been to and attended and didn't see all the coverage of. That's a good but idea. But I've got like the two races that I've been to uh, as like literal 24-hour video files because uh, they were put up on YouTube. Um, and so I was thinking of maybe one of the classic Nürburgring 24-hour races on that weekend 
that I have attended and, and actually watching it as a spectator, like as a TV spectator. I'm going so, to say something now that you, you guys are just going to like bomb me off the call, but like I... I struggle with the Nurburgring 24 hours to watch it. Oh my god, it's so good! It's it, you're out. Yeah, but it's but it's just so difficult to follow because half the time, being there not, are 150 not, cars. <laughs> yeah, but also like most of the time I'm watching it, it's night time and there's just a pit camera. Well, that's your fault for living in a time zone that does not correspond directly to the Nurburgring 24 hours. I'll also say that, like, uh, while it's fun for a little while when there's so much fog they can't race, or it's snowing, <laughs> or it's hailing, or all three race. at the same time, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. A lot of the time you're watching it going, is, is there going to be a race? Or is this <laughs> going to be just a bunch of guys parked in the in in a very congested pit lane the the year martin and i went uh it was beautiful sunshine throughout was it uh, there wasn't a single shower was it? It, was like, it was just lovely yeah it's gorgeous so i don't know what you're complaining about pete all right uh, what what you should do pete is watch an entire number of 24 hours again even even <laughs> which, though you haven't been to any of them which i will because <laughs> what else have i got to do? yeah exactly but, yeah, um, this is it. but we do need to talk about what we're going to watch this weekend and can for no reason whatsoever, can we watch the Fontana 2015 IndyCar race? Please. I'm up. Yes, I'm up we can. Let's, I'm do right Let's do it. Let's do this it. This is the week that we will watch uh, the IndyCar race that uh, Pete uh, contests is the best IndyCar race he's no, ever seen. I know. I disagree. It's the best race I've ever seen in wow. my entire life. Okay, bold claim, bold claim. I like it. it. I'm um, up for this. I'm, so, I'm, I'm gonna, actually excited for this. I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say I have. it gave me all the emotions I've ever wanted from a motor race. Okay. Um, even even horniness. Wow, <laughs> okay. That's the because first emotion the, I want from a motor race. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just because well, there's just so much like sheer fear going on. I think I got a fear boner for about yeah, half that race. That's <laughs> terrifying. It's ultimate, but no one gets hurt. That's it's, good. It, and yeah. it's exciting. There's, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's brilliant. Watch we'll it. do it. It's a promise. Uh, talking of sexy motor races, at some point, Martin, we are going to get to the point where we make Pete watch the sexiest sports car race of all have time. We got the, have we got the entire footage of that or is it just highlights? I guess... It's a, I, think it's, I, don't, I think it's condensed, yeah. but it's condensed into like an hour and a half or something. But I love it, that it, our, our definition of a sexy motor race is probably not what anyone expected. Oh no, no, this is well. This, this one is, is this one is genuinely. It's, it's, it's every. No definition. spoilers for episode ten of this podcast if we get there. But genuinely, this is the sexiest in the biblical sense uh, race you will ever watch. So um, yeah, How, look forward to that. Give me what? Can you give me a hint? I don't want to spoil. I don't want to spoil it. I don't want to spoil it. <laughs> you're just gonna have to watch it anyway that'll be later on the caution period podcast next week though we will watch the fontana uh race the auto clubs how are we going to tenuously link this to what we would be missing this weekend uh well, we, the way we can tenuously link it is there's no there was going to be no good racing that weekend anyway so we've picked a really good race that's how we link it okay um, <laughs> i will Works probably also watch there's a porsche documentary about them doing the Nürburgring 24 hours and Le Mans back to back. And I, will, I was going to try and watch it this week, but I will probably try and watch it for next week. So yeah, that's available on the Porsche uh, YouTube channel. So I'm probably going to probably gonna check that out. I like I like free things 
I like things that are accessible to everyone listening <laughs> Which, to this podcast. The so. 2015 Fontana IndyCar race is on it YouTube. is it is it's on YouTube by as well. the IndyCar channel. So, so if you want to do your homework, uh, you should definitely listen, uh, definitely watch that. Cool. Uh, thank you very much for listening to the Caution Period podcast. Uh, we've had a lot of fun having you. We have a Twitter. It is at Caution Period. And thanks uh, to our future sponsors as well. Thanks to our future sponsors, uh, Heel Tread Socks. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Brewdog beer, I uh, racing, Fanatec. <laughs> I don't think this is how sponsorship works. We're doing all the mentioning before we've gotten paid. It's not how it goes. Um, anyway, yes, thank you so much for watching. Uh, subscribe to the podcast, and we will see you next time. <laughs>